Got brand new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> James and I'm Stephen and you're listening to The Big Gay Bucket List. Every show we'll be talking about one of the perils or pleasures of growing up gay in Dublin. James, what's on our bucket list this week? Well, as it's the first show, it feels very appropriate to start at the very beginning. The big realisation, figuring out that you're gay. But before all that, let's put kettle on for Coles Ketchup. So I was, I had a very unusual experience over the weekend. Okay. It was, it was, it was sort of a, it sort of caught me by surprise because I, 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 I suppose I hadn't, I, I went to Lisbon with some friends um, oh, and it was a beautiful place, like absolutely spectacular city. But I went there with a group of, of straight friends. It was like, it was a, it was a, the first time I was on like a, a holiday with just like exclusively straight people in a really long time. And while I was there, I had the apps going and, and people were like, people were kind of getting in touch with me. And there was a couple of like really sexy guys from all over the world who were like, oh, hey, you want to, you want to meet up? You want to come over? And I realized that I felt too self-conscious about saying to my straight friends that I was going to go off and have sex with a stranger. So I ended up like not doing it. <laughs> you got very prudish straight friends. I don't even have prudish straight friends. So- they, they, they wouldn't have cared at all. But it was just sort of this like thing. I was like, oh no. Because I was away with, I was away with um, two married couples and then like a single girl. Uh, who, who's the brother or the sister of, of, of uh, one of the guys who's... Um, Did she try to cop a few? Oh, she did. Oh, well, why she was she? going mad for it. Why wouldn't she? Why Big wouldn't strapping she? lad strapping like me. Young man. She could do worse. She could. But it was very unusual now because I think that you, you forget. Because I'm, so, I'm used to being just so open about what I'm doing around, uh, around all my gay friends. So when I was in that, that context, I was like, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't let them know I'm a slut. Yeah, you see, I don't get that with my straight friends. My straight friends, um, I'd be the exact same with them. I would have no issue telling them I was going for a hookup. Oh. I just wouldn't have... I don't know. Maybe I'm just more sexually liberated. That could be it, you know. Yeah. Um, no, maybe you just maybe you do have a divide, and you've. I, do, I think it's. Got, I've got. I've got my. I've got. I've obviously got my my, my groups compartmentalized. My friends like compartmentalized into different groups, and it's like you know these these people. It's okay if if they know that I'm a a, a ranging horn dog. Whereas this group of people, I want them to have some level of respect for me. So okay, <laughs> and I suppose on, on a level that's you having a certain level of respect for them. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have brought any lads back to the house. No, you banged them on the, the coffee table in the Definitely middle of the Airbnb. No, you don't want that. But <laughs> but speaking about you sort of being a little bit different um, around certain peoples or, or, or certain areas. Um, so I took a trip out to Wicklow. Yeah. Out to the homeland um, out to last visit week. The mammy. Out to visit the mammy. Um, it was my uncle's 60th. But um, I do find myself when I'm out there, I am a different version of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's like as if you're you're trying to, you're trying to be the best person you are. And I don't think, I think by me being conscious about that, I'm not the best person I am. Yeah. I think I need to be hey, a little so. bit. I just think I need to be, I'm always a little bit more guarded, um, until obviously yeah. I, I get a drink on me. And then completely <laughs> no stopping you, up on the table. So my poor mother, we went back to like my uncle's house for the session afterwards and my mother was begging me because I had the key, she was begging me to go home and I was just drinking triple vodka. You're okay <laughs> Irene, sit there in the corner now. And my mother's quite young yeah. and hip and cool and she has no issue with a session but... Uh, yeah, I was stealing. I was stealing her away. You were stealing her. You were. You were putting her in the. Co- you put her. You put. You put. You put mummy in the corner. Sit there in the corner. Sit Stephen's there. having a vod. <laughs> yeah. So this week our main topic is kind of coming to the realization that you're gay, or kind of from that period before you building up to coming out, when you're kind of looking around your your world and your landscape to try and sort of 
see what being gay means, figure out kind of like figure out what information you can get about the the gay scene or what life might lay ahead of you once you do come out and how people may react. Um, I think one of the the big uh, places that you get information like that is sort of in 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 media, wouldn't you say? I'd agree, absolutely. Um, so my first memory of sort of um, of 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 sort of realizing that there was such a thing as gay um, was the Fair City Kiss. Oh yeah, or the non kiss. The non kiss. So it was two guys at a house party, and they went in to kiss each other, and they didn't actually kiss, but caused an absolute uproar in RTE. It is shocking to think how far you've come. Now half of Coronation Street is gay. It's like you know, sort Every of second Sof- Sophie Bloody Webster's had a girlfriend for the last ten years. She has. She has. Um, I mean, even like Brookside was a year before that. Um, I don't really remember that much because I would have been oh, probably six or so at the time. Yeah. Um, but I do. I do were, remember were you, being when you were when you were when you saw that. Were you actually like? Were, did you have an awareness that the, that it was something that like that meant more to you? Absolutely. But I was also very conscious that what I was looking at, I I didn't understand, or I thought if I looked at it too much, I'd be found out. Yeah. No, I understand that kind of. A, so it's the same when, like, on a Saturday afternoon, um, when we had three channels in the house. We used to watch uh, Baywatch yeah. on a Saturday, and I remember like guys being topless and stuff like that. And I remember looking at it and then thinking, "God, if I look at this too long, will somebody find me out?" Yeah, and this is yeah. like me being seven or eight. Yeah, so from a really young age. Yeah, that I I um I think that I had I I don't know whether I was just extremely naive. I think it wasn't until I was like in my teen years that like the idea of like sexuality or sex or anything like that kind of came up to me or, or sort of sort of came on me. So I was. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't stop things coming. <laughs> so you you were naive when it comes to your sexuality. Yeah, I think so. Or I think do you I mean was sex in general. No, I was. I think I was a late bloomer. I think I was a late bloomer. Um, but I, I remember like kind of around the time when I would have been sort of fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Kind of that time. It was when I started kind of realizing that there was something different. I mean, there was a huge, um, there was a huge sort of focus. There was a huge focus on, on on sort of you know boys getting off with girls, and I could never understand it. I remember when I was when I was in primary school, I'd always like had loads of girlfriends, but then obviously there's that divide that comes in, and I found myself a bit adrift because I, I was like I didn't understand the new way I was meant to interact with them. See, I never had that because I went to an all boys primary school. Yeah. Um. So I was always I was a bit more well, obviously like everything I, I had boys all around me the whole time, but I never looked at them as. I never looked at them as a sexual thing. Yeah. I never looked at them in that in that manner. They were just my friends and that was it. Yeah, yeah. So it was more when I went on to secondary school, which was a mixed school, and then all my, my best friends became girls, is is when I realised, you sort of realise, oh, maybe I'm a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly it. And maybe I want to talk with them about the cute guy in, in Zenka. Yeah, yeah, I know what as you much mean. much of an asshole as he was. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, I don't know, I did, I found it weird because I started like developing on cr- crushes on boys, kind of. See, I, I didn't was, have that at all. I did, there was, this is terrible, there was a guy in my, I, like actually, and I feel like I'm probably even talking about it because I was, well I was obviously like seven or nine or whatever time it was, age it was. It was when I was in sixth class, I remember we went on a school tour, it's like Glendalock. And all the boys were kind of getting changed. There was just one guy, and he looked like Macaulay Culkin, like you know, sort of. He had that kind of. And I remember, like, I was just 
I just remember being sort of like transfixed by him when he was like getting changed. And it was just like this weird feeling that I couldn't quite place. And then I felt like super guilty about it afterwards. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? What but, but at the same time, I was like, drop the towel, drop the <laughs> towel. <laughs> you see, as well, in sixth class, I can remember going on a school tour where it involved us taking our clothes off. So we went to some adventure place that we had yeah. to go. Um, we were in canoes and stuff like that. Um, but at that stage, like puberty had full on hit me. So I had like what only looked like bruises on my stomach, but there were stretch marks. So yeah. I was petrified of getting yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't look at another guy because of that. Well. Well, <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> uh, but no, I remember trying to put together the, the jigsaw, like trying to figure out kind of like whatever information I could get from around the place. And one of the biggest pieces of, of, uh, of that was we did, um, when I was in kind of I think it was in fourth year in in secondary school we did like a sex education class and it was it was like I was in an all-boys secondary school and it was it was a group of maybe like 40 or 50 even 60 boys and the sex education seminar was being given by this sort of she probably was like 21 or 22 at the time um girl like this English she was an English teacher and you could see on her face she was just racked with this fear so she did her like presentation about like the importance of you know sort of because it was a religious school like she couldn't give like proper information it's just kind of like you know sex is bad maybe don't have sex maybe stop thinking about sex don't don't just don't touch anything ever um, and at the end of it she was like stupidly does anyone have any questions oh, and she'd been talking about sexually transmitted diseases and AIDS and stuff and talking about how AIDS was transmitted by blood and I remember so the first thing I ever heard anyone talk about the idea of gay sex was this English teacher answering a question about how gays got AIDS saying like oh well there's there's a huge amount of blood involved in anal sex oh, and Jesus for Christ. for like years and years and years that like terrified me I was like oh my god am I like basically going to be like shoving a knife up <laughs> like, wow. I was just like and then I mean just to, to make to, to make this um, to, to, in a wonderful way of irony the first time I ever like I ever had one of the first times I ever had sex with a guy um, uh, he I met him in like Whelan's and he was so drunk anyway we both went back to my house we went back to my house I was living in Dundrum at the time and um, when he was trying to to uh, to penetrate me he like snapped his banjo string oh and my it Christ was just like blood everywhere and like think about it is we were both really drunk so I actually didn't notice until the next morning when like my in- my inner legs and like the sheet everywhere was just like covered in oh, like this, in the dry blood nightmare and I was and then like obviously like I was thinking back like I was like oh my god it she happens. was right <laughs> am I gonna have the to do this every time <laughs> and the worst the worst thing about it was is that and this is I was I was actually sleeping in so I had brought some friends home and they were staying in my room and I had gone into my other friend's room with because uh, I only had a single bed in my room at the time and I went into my other friend who was away's room so it was in her oh, bed <laughs> so I had to fucking burn off all the <laughs> But no, I do. I remember kind of. I remember how, how like the impact that that had me. That was just because I had this terror about gay sex of the idea of kind of you know taking it any further, and then for that to happen, it was just hilarious. <laughs> you see, I don't know. Like I was the total opposite when it when it came to sex. I don't know. It, it was something that I don't it came know. naturally to you. It, it really, it, but it really did, <laughs> and and it, it always surprised me because obviously before that you tried to straight pretend yeah um, yeah yeah so I had like I had dates with girls where I'd shift the face off them in pubs as much as I could so people could see oh look at that strapping young fella there kissing that girl um, 
so when it when it was actually came to me having sex for the first time with a man it was just so natural and yeah. so normal I had I had a lot of awkward I didn't I actually I didn't really do the straight pretending thing I did it kind of badly I remember that when I was in secondary school I realised that people were figuring out there was something different about me so I got like I had a um, I had like a binder and I covered it in photographs of Terry Hatcher <laughs> <laughs> I was just like Lois like, Lane everywhere <laughs> yeah just Lois Lane everywhere and I was like oh god you know anyway and I was like oh yeah no she's she's totally I, I like totally banged Terry Hatcher <laughs> why could you pick someone cooler I don't know no, no I had I, I had two there was, there was two there was two women for me there was only ever two women for me it was Terry Hatcher and Sharon Shannon <laughs> oh god I don't know what's worse <laughs> I can't remember what it, was, what it was about Sharon Shannon I just I, when I was a kid I used to be trans- looking at the, the thing with her her busca kill and I was like oh look at her squeezing those bad boys <laughs> but that was sort of the extent of my, my straight pretending and then I, I came out um, oh Christ I came out so sound guy Martin is showing me a picture of Sharon we'll get, we'll get a picture of Sharon and Terry up on our Instagram really not <laughs> they are I, beautiful, beautiful women. Ooh, so they are. I know. Yeah, back in the day, she had it. She, really she had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so that was because I I came out when I was about sort of uh, sixteen and a half, seventeen, and um, th- like I came out and then I didn't act on it until I was like in my early twenties. That's a little bit sad. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose it is. To be fair, um, so like I done all my exploring and then came out. I suppose it, it just seemed more natural for me to do that but I suppose it affects people in every different way and how you deal with it is your own story but yeah um, but I actually I didn't realise that I'd ever actually kissed a girl until a friend sent me a picture of me going to town <gasps> on some ginger show me your show me your show me your one now I'm not sure if this is Instagram shareable oh. so we might put a we might put an artistic rendering of this up instead of the real we'll photo. have a little gander oh god you're getting right in there <laughs> it looks like you kissing yourself now that's what it looks like. What? Just she, if you got rid of her hair. She sort of looks like you from the side. <laughs> Martin Jury. <laughs> if you zoom in you can see my um you can see my my, my piercing. Oh you have piercings. <laughs> yeah. I uh that's a, pierced? I had no I had my uh, my lip pierced and my eyebrow pierced. How did she not know you were gay? <laughs> I was also wearing a, a cricket um, sweater vest. Her face says, please let this be over. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, it does. And my face says... She is loving it. I used to be so skinny. Anyway, that's the end of that chapter. Um, but yeah, I, the straight pretending thing though is interesting because I I think both of us probably are, are similar enough where we aren't the super obvious gay. And there was a couple of guys in my year who were really, really... Uh, camp, camp and yeah. they couldn't hide it mm-hmm. and I definitely sort of let the I diverted not even diverted but allowed the, the pressure be diverted on them and I just kept under the radar and I do feel a bit sorry about that now because those guys have had an awful hard time to deal with it and in a way well, it's people like them yeah people like them who've made it kind of you know much easier for I actually them. I'd like I'd, to go along with that and to make it even sound worse I almost would have bullied them inadvertently with somebody else yeah. just to divert any kind of gay attention away from myself yeah yeah um like like that but like like we said they definitely were the trailblazers. they're the guys that were able to do what they do and when they did and made my life a hell of a lot easier yeah absolutely absolutely so kudos to you girls (laughs) but it it is an interesting thing to kind of come to the realization because at first you know you're different 
you, you can't quite put a finger figure out you can't put, quite put a finger on why and then you start kind of realizing that like oh like it's actually like you, know, you start looking at boys and seeing them in this different way and, yeah and then you, you, i think that for me at least i think because but now i'd say it's entirely different you know but back in 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 the 1970s when i was <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when i was a, when i was a teenager um no but now i'd say there's so much more representation and you see it so much more frequently in, in the media and on tv and all the places uh, but back then like I knew there was something different about me. I knew that I was attracted to boys, but I had no idea what that actually meant. Yeah, I agree. Until sort of seeing things like sort of queer as folk appearing on on, on TV and, and like sort of, you know, even like seeing like the, those two lesbians in, in Friends, kind of this idea like, oh, you know, that, that, you know, this is actually an option. I think then you figure out kind of like, right, that you can sort of, you figure out you're different, you figure out what it is that's different about you and then you get the label for it. And then having the label for it gives you, I feel like it gives you the power to kind of go forward with it. I think that's the great thing about nowadays where there's, where it's, it's so open and it's so out and people who have, um, people who have children, people who have children now have gay friends. So if they think that their child might be gay, Absolutely. they can actually, um, they can actually kind of come to you for advice and talk to you about it. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a classic point, um, there's a girl I work with, um, she approached me, uh, recently enough and just said, look, she's got a four year old son. And she was like, she was asking in a way she was like how do I support him if this is going to be the case yeah. and and what can I do to make things better for him and like bless him he's really difficult with mixing people mixing with other people and he just doesn't have any close friends at the moment and and stuff so I was just telling her literally anything he wants to do allow him to do it don't tell yeah. him anything is is not possible no absolutely yeah um even when it comes down to so he wanted to to dress up as Elsa from uh Frozen yeah for Halloween and she and her husband were totally behind us they were like if you want to do that go ahead and do it and that's fantastic because that just wouldn't have happened like I remember when I when I was uh four or five I all I wanted in the entire world well, Sylvanian families. That was oh. all I wanted. And my dad was just like, no, we, we can't get him. We can't get him. Yeah, my dad would have been the same. And so I, like, I got, like, Lego and I love Lego, whatever. But, it, you know, it was, it, it nowadays seeing people much more. You see, you're, you're to... disadvantaged. So I had two sisters growing up. Yeah. So there she You had all had, the Sylvanian families. I absolutely did. Rolling. The, in... the Polly Pockets, everything. <laughs> but, like, if they weren't at home and I wanted to be a little bit girly, I could go and grab a Barbie. And yeah. I could do yeah. that. And yeah. I could have that thing. And obviously, like, growing up, um, there's only two years between my, me and my sister, and there's only a year between me and a, a female cousin. Um, we were so close growing up, so I sort of would have been playing games the more feminine end of things. Yeah. Or I would stand with them and, and make... Yeah. To a step song, I would make a routine and do that <laughs> sort of thing. When I, when I, I was always um, April O'Neil when we played Turtles... There was, there was, there was, there was, five, I have five cousins around the same age and, um, one of them is a girl. Um, and when we would play turtles, the, the three other boys and the girl would be the turtles and I'd always be April O'Neil <laughs> in my little, in my little yellow hoodie running around after them with a pretend microphone <laughs> and look where I've ended up yeah. in front of a real microphone. You've really made us. I've really made us. You've got there, girl. <laughs> So, before we go, there's just time to put a few things onto our own bucket list. Tell me, Stephen, what's going to bring you joy in well, the week to come? what I've discovered in the last week, and it's definitely going to bring me pleasure from next week on, it's going to be an item in my shopping list, as, long, as well as my bucket list. It's moist toilet tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it is the future. 
it has never made me feel better about myself. It makes you feel like a real woman. Fresh. Fresh, fragrant. I just think I'm 30 this year. I need something in my life that's just going to make me feel good. And it's moist <laughs> toilet tissue. So moist. Well, that, that is fabulous. And um, are, are you brand loyal? Oh, God, no. Anything. Once it's wet, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's dying. I, I can't. You, you you blew me out of the water with moist toilet tissue. I'm just like you win. Oh, well done. Um, I don't think it's the future, though. No, it's oh my, disgusting. It really is. Do you remember when? Who was it that was like the it face? Makes you feel so clean. Who who was it that was the fo- the, the face of like wet toilet paper? Wet but there was sorry. there was someone. It was like um, oh god, no, what's her know, name? Who there was like. I didn't think it was baby voice. No, so there's actually like moist toilet tissue. They're in like a little fancy, like you pop open the plastic top and you. Mind blown. What's his name? Who used to be a moon boy? Chris O'Dowd. His wife. Um, Lily uh, Porter. Don. Don Porter. Don Porter used to be the face, uh, the face of wet, like wet those like to- wet toilet, toilet paper. paper. No, like yeah, the, the the stuff. And she was like, "Love you, bum. Love you, bum." I think she's dead right. <laughs> Everyone should love their phone. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the future. But anyway, I'm going to be having a weekend afternoon tea. We're going to be watching William and Kate and Harry, 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 Harriet. Harry and Meghan <laughs> getting married lifetime style. Uh, and we'll probably get a some wet wipes as well. Absolutely, you should. Because they are what? The future. The future. <laughs> The future of anal hygiene is—it's—it <laughs> yeah. just feels good. It does, though. It really does. They're bottom's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> so join us next time when we'll be talking about getting into the gay scene with all the stresses and surprises that that can bring. But before that, make sure you follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Big Gay Bucket List, or you can email us at biggaybucketlist at gmail or follow us on Twitter at. Big gay bucket. I think I've broken James and Martin with moist toilet tissue. But on behalf of myself, Stephen, and the two guys, thank you for listening to The Big Gay Bucket List. Why do you ruin things when I'm on a buzz? <laughs>